It's not a real thing. Oh, fancy bread gum? Are we fancy bread gumming? No, I'm just making up words. Farm lover. He, <laughs> he needs his farm lover. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Dutch That's- is not a made up language. Dutch is real. <laughs> you can't just pretend that farm lover is not a real word. Welcome to Back in the Field, episode 10. I'm Carl. My name is Arthi, and today we're doing a double episode. So usually we just cover one episode in one of our podcasts, but today we're actually going to be covering both Thanksgiving and Christmas in this episode. So happy holidays from all of us over here in June to all of you over there in July, maybe. Yeah, July this, or August even. We're no. super topical at we, all times. <laughs> we are very good at being right on the money. No, um... Well, actually, yes, it is mostly just that we make the deadline for when the season premiere comes back. I suspect that the show is going to come back on probably September 14th or the 21st. More likely the 21st. But who knows? We'll find out. Anyway. They could could put it back on. They they couldn't put it back on tomorrow. So let's quickly recap what happens in Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll start Thanksgiving. So the primary plot of Thanksgiving is that... uh, Once upon a time, the Mayflower Mayflower brought over some pilgrims from England. Nope. Because of religious nope. persecution, they nope. had to make friends with nope. Nope. a bunch nope. of lies happened. Nope. Well, yes, a bunch of lies happened. There were lots of lying. There was a lot of lying happening. And, okay, no. The primary plot of the episode Thanksgiving is that somebody has stolen a bunch of money from the evidence lockup. And it is up to Jake and Holt to solve the case. Meanwhile, Amy is hosting Thanksgiving dinner at her house and failing terribly at that, although she looks beautiful while doing so, just so that we remind ourselves so of that. So beauty. We, we, do, we do love Amy's dress. Everything about Amy in this episode is <laughs> tragic me, tragically and comic. It's wonderful. So this episode only has an A and a B plot. I might argue that they're switched. I might argue that Amy gets the A in this episode. I, I might that- argue that Thanksgiving is more important to the Thanksgiving episode. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm so accustomed to but, treating... But that's the conventional wisdom, right? Um, <laughs> no, but I think I think actually you were right, though, because I think the screen time is evenly split between the two plot lines, and the plot that you've denoted as being the A-plot gets the majority of the cast. Yeah. That is actually sort of the bigger marking of the A-plot. Even if the other one has both of the leads, uh, Andrew, and Andre Brower and... and Andy Samberg are the leads of this show. That's true. They They're do. always represented that way. So in before we get to analysis, the plot of Christmas is that it's Christmas time, and after beating up some rambunctious Santas, uh, Jake discovers that threats of, death threats have been made on Captain Hall's life, and he's assigned his protect, protective duty. And they find this guy and, and take him in. Meanwhile... Terry is being evaluated to be sent back in the field, and Rosa and Amy are, no, and Amy and Gina are attempting to make a Christmas card, but they have to steal a smile from Rosa Diaz. That was very nicely put. Well done, Carl. I've talked a lot about this episode in my departmentally mandated therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even going for that joke, but thank you for taking it there. The only thing that would have made this episode better, since you mentioned the brawling Santas at the beginning, is that I only the only thing I wish was that that had been SantaCon and not two like dudes. Does SantaCon happen in Brooklyn though? 
Because otherwise, it's outside their jurisdiction. I legitimately just don't. I, I honestly think it happens in all of the hipster neighborhoods of New York. Like, I know it mostly happens in Manhattan. Okay, so break down SantaCon for me. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. SantaCon is... It's not a real Santa Claus convention. It is an excuse for a bunch of drunken idiot college students to dress up as Santa, either slutty or otherwise, get shwasted, and then just like ramble, like just trundle around the city. I hate this event. I really hate this event. And when I was living in New Jersey, yes, I used to live in New Jersey. When I was living in New Jersey, it was the bane of my existence because SantaCon meant that the trains were filled with dumbass idiot Rutgers Princeton and Stevens Institute students like training into the Manhattan drunk already like dressed in Santa costumes oh it's the worst it was it was hot it was smelly oh it's the worst I only wish they'd like punched out some drunken idiot SantaCon people um so let's actually talk about the episode episodes so yeah the episodes so how Carl and I are going to do this is we're going to Mostly touch on things that bridge between the episodes, but occasionally we'll like specifically focus on elements of one or the other. We'll try to do our best to communicate which episode we're talking about. Primarily the first half, we're going to try to stick to comparisons primarily centered on Thanksgiving that push into Christmas. Um, and, and later in the episode, we'll talk about things that are more relevant to Christmas versus Thanksgiving. So the biggest connection point between these two episodes is the fact that in both of them, Jake and Holt have to work very closely together. Mm -hmm. In Thanksgiving, Jake has gotten Holt to promise him that he'll get to jump on any new cases that show up, and Holt feels responsible for reclaiming $10,000 in money that was stolen from the evidence lockup. So they go out and do detective work together. And at first, it's it's kind of played sort of as the odd couple pairing. like Because the thing about it is that it's the first and only time that they work together as detective equals in the field. Mm -hmm. They're doing a case on off hours when none of them expect to be working a case. So the chain of command is, is loosened somewhat. And, and and you're right. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because like my notes here say first they're paired up as the odd couple. And then later it's them as sort of parallel. And now that I think about it, you're right. Cause like earlier on in the series, like in the tagger, we we explicitly see Holt being like, "I have to babysit you." There's going to be a senior officer on all your cases until you can shape up. Right. So it's very much like Holt in command, Jake is the subordinate. In Thanksgiving, we see them as Carl just said as more equals, where you know they're they're legitimately partnered up. And Holt doesn't even fight Jake when he starts, as I said before, Sean Spencering him. You know, where he starts just giving him fake names and introducing themselves as other people. He does tell him not to, but... He doesn't correct him in front of the other people, though. Yeah, but his hands are tied. Sure. I mean, still... That would compromise the investigation. Probably. Still, it's 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 worth noting that he grudgingly plays along, but that's still more than he would have done earlier. And they doubled down on this particular dynamic of Jake having more power than normal in Christmas, mm-hmm. where he's actually assigned to be Holt's security detail and has explicit authority from what Deputy is, Chief Gerber. Deputy Chief Gerber to boss Holt around. And what's great, especially though, is that Jake straight up says to Holt, it's sort of the other side of like grooming your detective to follow the rules correctly, is <laughs> Jake says, I got a direct order 
from your superior officer to do this. So like it or not, we're stuck together. That's essentially what he says to Holt in Christmas. And that's great. It's great because it's like, if the show had not been renewed and given its full back nine, we would have ended the series with the bet. We'll, we'll talk about that fully there. But if we assumed the show ended at episode 13, congratulations. We just hit Jake's professionalism arc. We just came full circle. Not that he's super professional in Christmas. He does Jordan the keys to some handcuffs down an <laughs> okay. air conditioning vent. Okay, so he never loses that, like... That Childishness? Is, yes, but at the same time... Willingness to throw handcuff keys down air conditioning vent and destroy police property? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My larger point here was that... As we were set up early on, Jake is sort of de- deliberate, like to not use the mo- to use the Mufasa line. He's always deliberately disobeying people. Like in this case, he's deliberately obeying people. Now, Millie works out in his favor because it gives him some amount of wish fulfillment. But the point is, like from a very literal standpoint, congratulations, we hit the arc. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't fulfill the arc, but we hit it. Their dynamic in Thanksgiving is hysterical to me. There's. Carl and I were talking a little bit about how Thanksgiving serves as a great bridging episode. Um, and both of these together, really, because they they both throw back as well as set up jokes that come later or that come back later. Um, and a couple of them have been mentioned in gift sets like Bup Up Up. Yeah. And you see Jake's like expression at when fir- he at does At first that. he's like, what's happening? And then he's like, oh, I taught him that. <laughs> yes. And he, you, you were like, if you're as sharp of a viewer as I used to be before I got cracked out doing podcasts, you remember him being like, I'm going to regret teaching him that. <laughs> this is the second time he's regretted that, right? Or does it happen again later? I don't know. I know, I know it happens right after he teaches him that. Yeah. But it happens the third time. Does it? Oh, comedy Somewhere rule of season. three. Yeah. They, well, I mean, comedy rule of three doesn't usually extend to many many months community did it that way yeah i did see that on tumblr today yes i i really like the dynamic that we see here should we just go ahead and talk about their dynamic in christmas and like how it's not the odd couple okay so in christmas i have them here as like sort of their relationship is parallel which like jake straight up he doesn't even lampshade it he just straight up like paints the fourth wall with it which is i think i would have really liked you when you were younger because what the picture that we get of Holt as a young detective is someone who's so excited to be getting a named killer, like the freestyle killer, that he's going to ham it up for the other cops and make a big deal of this moment. Mm-hmm. I actually really, I like that because my reading of it is that he doesn't know how many times he's going to be in the public eye and he has to make the most of any time he's allowed to represent the police station he has to make a name for himself or he's never going to go anywhere and that's it's great especially given the politics of the time like you know this is the same ray holt and he was a brash young detective at the time so this is the same ray holt who upon walking into the detective squad room was asked if he was there to turn himself in so it kind of makes sense why he's doing the grandstanding yeah he's demonstrating that he's taken down a a multiple murderer someone who killed four people in a very short span of time mm-hmm. and like he's doing it in a really public way he's doing it in a public pool yeah yeah and he does it really flashily too he stands at the end of the pool lane and is like marco now you say polo like it's pretty great it's yeah it's, it's also 
It's total abuse of authority. 100%. But it's all the things that Jake always really likes seeing in his old school cops. Yeah. So that's also like a nice like touch there. Because it's like we said in the episode old school, actually, that Jake has all these much better masculine role models than Jimmy Brogan can offer. Yeah. And this is a great example of that, where it's like Holt is literally like from that time and the type of person that Jake should be. But like seeing Holt's evolution is as important as anything else. Because like Holt said, the fact that Jake would have liked him back then is why he changed everything about his life. <laughs> Which is a hysterical line. Yeah, it's but so also great. like, But also like he didn't change everything about himself because of Jake. Mm-hmm. He changed everything about himself because he realized the abuse of power and the like. It was endangering himself and others. Exactly. And that's that's the whole point of Christmas is that he doesn't want other people to pay for his mistakes. But thinking that way is preventing him from doing his full job and handling the situation the best way he could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jake says it, but they do kind of mentor each other. And, and Jake puts Holt's lessons not only into play, but sort of puts them back into Colt's hands and says, you actually need to learn this too. So let's talk about Amy. Yes. Can we talk about Amy forever? Uh, I don't intend to stop. <laughs> I'll have to stop you at some point. No, let's... I'll die first. Oh, no. We'll, we'll, we'll segue off of it eventually here. But Amy is, I think, the next closest point of comparison between these two episodes. Yeah. Because she's doing the same amount of holiday meddling and in each. And sucking up. God. Yeah. She actually, well, I mean, I guess the entire point of the Christmas card is to get something for Holt. But it becomes a quest in and of itself. Whereas the effort part of Thanksgiving totally goes out of her after Holt leaves. And in both, she is aiming at a kind of flattery that Holt is actually on board with. He's okay with her trying to represent the precinct as a family because that matters to him that's interesting i actually didn't put that together but you're totally right because holt's speech to jake is the beauty of being an adult adult is you get to make your own family and jake fully misinterprets that at first jake assumes that family is like wife kids you know all of that but he's hearing it from holt who you know i mean he could adopt but at this point, it seems clear that they've chosen not to. Yeah. Although I could see that being an arc in season three, them trying to adopt a child. It might push this towards Modern Family too much. I've never seen Modern Family, so I can't and won't comment on that. But can you imagine Holt speaking to a baby held about three feet away from him with gravitas? I'm pretty sure they're going to make that happen. Regardless, you're right. Holt and his husband, although they are a very committed relationship to one another, they're not exactly the model of the quintessential Norman Rockwell nuclear family. No. And they both have a certain amount of connection to their professional spheres that simulates family. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Holt's really trying to share with Jake. Yes, and Jake initially misinterprets that. But then, but then Amy doesn't. And Amy doesn't even think about it. Amy does have a large extended blood relation family that she could be going back to. And she's probably getting mad guilt tripped about this. I really hope she is because... But, but, her, but she's like, Mom, no, I have to super suck up right now. I'm never going to make captain. Right. Oh, she, uses, she probably uses her career ambitions against her mom because I do. <laughs> I'm a bad daughter. But really, the... 
the, I, I think that's really interesting because like Amy has Amy has always had a family, so she doesn't latch onto this like she doesn't need the 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 precinct to be some sort of s- substitute family for her, but she treats them that way regardless. In that she's like, no, everyone come to my place. I'm gonna cook. It's gonna be great, and like it's terrible. And Rosa, Rosa kind of does the same thing. Rosa just doesn't like gatherings, but she does like gatherings with the potential to explode into failure. <laughs> this is also the you mentioned this in a conversation we had a few few days ago, where it was like this is one of the only times we see Rosa outside of the precinct, outside of her job. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only aside cut that we see of her outside her job. Her with her sister and her sister's family being completely fucking miserable. And we're still not seeing her in her own life. Yes. We're seeing her in something she was forced into. Yes. We've still never seen her cut away to outside of her job doing something that she chose. Whereas like we've seen Amy at Magic Theme Singles Night and on dates and... Many dates. Yes. We actually haven't seen that for Gina either. We see her with Florgasm, but that's not a that's not a cutaway. But we, uh, but we do see her uh, in the bar finding a mark. You're right. You're right. <laughs> a mark, huh? I think yeah. it's Mark. I think or, it's Mark. Anyway, Rosa's sister and her could not be more different, and that that I like because it's like she's not that way because she's damaged because her sister is clearly okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's just a different response to trauma. But, I but we like, know that she had a super easy life. <laughs> yeah, her life has been fine. She was a ballerina, for God's sake. That shit's not cheap. Like, the end. So I think that is really interesting that Amy sucking up to Holt is pretty much like on par with things Holt likes. Um, yeah, this time. Yeah. He even appreciates all the things that she did for him in Thanksgiving. Although he is not on board with her giving her a bu- him a bunch of gifts, which could be construed as bribery. A decorative gourd could never be construed as bribery because it has zero street value. <laughs> you're right. And you know what? I never put that together, but you're right. It does it it too many gifts looks like looks like police corruption. It it looks as bad as him putting up a baroque oil painting of himself. Whoa, Carl getting deep here. Jeez. It's interesting that, like, you mentioned that, like, she does sort of put the precinct as family when she so clearly desires Holt's mentorship so deeply. And I think that part of this is her transitioning from originally desiring him as, you know, a rabbi, Mm -hmm. a mentor, Mm -hmm. to wanting what Jake has, which is him as a impromptu father figure. Which she doesn't need. She doesn't need, but she wants a police father figure. Well, we don't. She wants to have that kind of closeness to him that Jake's ha- Jake has. Okay, so so first, we don't know if she needs it or not, actually. We know strikingly little about her personal life, aside from the fact that she has all the siblings and her grandfather was an old school cop. Sure. We know strikingly little about her parents, but it, this might be a case of tying it back to Sal's Pizza, where it's like she's competitive. Yeah, Jake has a thing and she wants the thing. It's Jake has a, I'm using scare quotes, a toy and she wants that toy too. I agree. But I think it's also that she's recognized that this is the way that relationship can work. And her previous target wasn't working. We've talked about how Holt mentoring everyone but Amy is kind of a thing. I like her dynamic with Terry way more. Amy and Terry? Yeah. That feels more like something that could ever be equal. She's not trying as hard. 
Yes. She still fucks up a lot, but... Yeah. But she never freaks out and bows. Yes. And Terry's, like, ability to herd cats strikes me as something that, like, Amy would be better off learning than just, yeah. like, sheer, like... Gravitas? Yeah, she's never going to be her that. Thing. Yeah, she's never going to be that. I could see... I could see Amy in 30 years hard having, like, a more hardened exterior through the weight of experience. Anyway, Holt's mentorship really is focused on Jake in this episode. Both of these episodes. Well, he doesn't actually mentor Jake at all in Christmas. It looks like it, though. Um, in both episodes, regardless of how much actual mentoring Holt does with Jake, it doesn't matter. It, it looks, looks like he's favoring Jake. It doesn't look like he's mentoring him in the second episode here. But what Amy wants is to have been assigned to a security detail. That's not a mentorship opportunity, though. Oh, that's true. That's an opportunity to have Holt in debt. Can we talk about how Holt picked completely wrong? I think if he had just wanted to do what he wanted to do, he should have picked Amy. Because she will do literally anything he tells her to. Yeah. How did he miscalculate that? I don't think... Have we had... I don't think we've seen any episodes where it's explicitly pointed out that she will do anything that he tells her to. That... Oh, no, no. That happens in Halloween. Yes. Yeah. I thought... No, it happens in old school. I thought we were so close. Right, right, right. And that was that was just a little while ago. I mean, I think it's because he sees Amy as a stickler for the rules who would see this as an opportunity to do things 100% right and would try to impress him in that way. And he knows Jake will not try to impress him. It's just, I think he's being made irrational by the, by the death threats. Interesting. I like that. But I, I do think that had he picked Amy, she would have just let him. She would have followed his lead, even if she was nominally in control. He should have picked Boyle. Oh, because Boyle is easily led. You're yeah, right. Boyle, Boyle, Boyle is very easy to dominate. As we saw. <laughs> yes. Until he's put between a rock and a hard place. Between a Jake and a Holt place. <laughs> and Jake, Jake bribes him with the botanical garden visit. That's it's like they've been talking about. That's like that's like the cruelest of the cruelest things. Oh, poor. I'm going to the New York Botanical Garden in the Bronx, by the way. But the one they would have gone to is the lovely, beautiful, cute one in Brooklyn. I mean, it might have been the one in, in the Bronx, which is why they had to talk about it for so long. Ooh, yeah, maybe. Because it's probably quite a schlep to get up there from Brooklyn. It's the four train. Yes. I know. But it's like it's like 80 minutes on the four train. Yeah. It's a long run. Anyway, well, we talked a bit before about throwbacks and setups. Let's talk about more about how this episode kind of reaches forward and reaches back. Okay. Yeah. We talked about the bup, 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 but there's other things that it sets up. Stuff that comes back in charges and specs, specifically the whole Jake team up, because we don't see that again for an extended run of the episode until charges and specs. And in Charges and Specs, they once go, go they once again go undercover, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as they do here. Mm-hmm. And I think that Holt is wearing a shockingly similar outfit, actually. And he's wearing a gray suit with red undertones in Charges and Specs. Terry is so strong. That is a big like thing that comes back. Jake is not here to witness it, but that is actually a thing that happens in this episode. It happens in just about every episode. True, but this one's particularly like fucking. 
Terry holds Joel McKinnon Miller upside down. We actually see him pick him up, which, by the way, I didn't realize this until my most recent viewing. Charles pulls out his video, his cell phone and starts videotaping it. Like... <laughs> that is... Well, he's I mean, when else are you going to get to see that? <laughs> That's true. And then we know that Charles has narrow hips, but... Like, straight up Terry just picking him up and, like, putting him on his shoulders was so great. He just looks like he's a doll sitting on on Terry's shoulders. Yeah, and, I mean, it it reminded me of in Halloween when Terry just straight up just picks up Jake, like, NBD, and sets him down in his chair when Jake uh, collapses from his concussion. Um, And Amy's wearing an incredible dress in both episodes. Yeah. Admittedly, the latter one makes her look like a mermaid. Yeah. But the former is beautiful. She looks beautiful in this episode. Yeah. I have to say that I'm not super a fan of Holt's outfit in this episode. In in uh, Thanksgiving. Really? This is not a flattering shirt on him. I Fair think. enough. It's better for him to have more definition at the top. Fair enough. Look at me with the fashions. One thing I wish that they would throw back to this episode is the uh, tell the like <laughs> the really obvious lie right tell. well he doesn't lie very often he does manipulate though but he he lies but by he him. but he manipulates with truth it's true let's talk about rosa at thanksgiving and how she's hilarious everything rosa does in this up in the first episode is fucking funny yes just like her like sheer like ah, like her total joy at all of the things it got worse better Yes. <laughs> so her entire... I'm pretty sure she's drunk the entire episode. I don't think we... We hardly ever see her without a drink in hand. It's wine at Amy's house. It's wine later. Well, her motivation for being there is to watch things go incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. Because Amy's going to fuck it up. And that's also Gina's... Like, Gina's motivation is equally destructive. Her <laughs> motivation is to take any opportunity to call Amy a hypocrite. It's great that their entire reason for being there is their own sick amusement. It's true. About Holt's mentorship, we do actually see him like edit Amy's speech, and she takes that as mentorship. But do yeah. You, do you think that is? I don't necessarily think of that as mentorship. I, mean, I think of it as editing, personally. <laughs> yeah, but he did give her feedback, which true. is closer. Like She probably thought of it as an entry into mentorship. Mm-hmm. But then there's no more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. her like victory motion there is pr- my fave yes her victory motion is so my fave and she does that kind of victory freak out on leaving Holt's office a number of times and it's always adorbs the first time was in she does that for the first time in Emmy time and I like that the throwback was here mm-hmm. and like her, she does it twice in this episode she does it in the wearing the red shirt when she walks out after the decorative gourd and then she does it again when he writes awk for awkward in the margin. <laughs> yeah, Gina's entire purpose in being here is just to just just to mock. I love her. We talked in the last episode about Gina being a steen stealer, a scene stealer. Um, a Don Spaller. So Gina's like little thing there where she's like, I was, but <laughs> what was it? I thought you I thought you were just attending to see if it was my apartment that was the reason I was single or was my personality like you always suspected. That is such a rude thing to say to someone. I I wish I had n- I wish I could say that I've never said anything like that to another human being. I would be lying if I did. Rude, are you? I'm extraordinarily rude when I don't think about it. But then her like, but that was before I knew I could get on this high horse and the view from up here is great. Clip clop. Clip clop, 
clip clap. Oh, man. I love it. I don't know if it's made worse or better by the fact that she wears a horse sweater, I think, in the episode, in, like, two episodes later. <laughs> she wears a sweater that I have seen at Forever 21, by the way, and I want it. I can't fit into it, and they also stopped making it, but I want it. I- Sounds like you have a number of struggles to go through before you can have that sweater. Let's talk about how Charles saves the day in Thanksgiving. No, actually, before we talk about that, rats! Fucking rats! I've never laughed harder at a scene than that before in my life. There's so much going right in that scene. <laughs> the rats jumping, Amy pointing her gun at random places on the crowd. Oh like she God. got out a gun for this situation. I'm pretty sure Charles is screaming. Like Charles is screaming and Terry is freaking out. So they're like an entire tower of freak out. Yes, and Rosa's just laughing. Rosa's just sitting there laughing. She isn't afraid of rats. Everyone in that precinct is screaming. Oh, it's amazing. I love everything about that scene and what it chooses to be. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. I literally... (laughs) All that happens is that everyone moves. That is literally... Everyone is like screaming and moving. And Amy's just there like... Right. She's like trying to keep it together. Immobile. Yes. And more than anything else, it's so funny... It's so funny because it comes out of nowhere. Like, it just, bam, rats. They just appear. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. And then Scully's, like, last line of that scene is, I think the rats got to it. And everyone's like, you think? And it's just, like, so, like, all the, like, anger and emotions there. Although the only other time I think I've laughed hard, uh, the, only, the other time I laughed super hard was when Amy says she's going to act out. <laughs> And oh, my favorite. God, I, I I like that she's drinking in that scene and kind of like sadly like looking at her glass. Just everything about that scene is great. She's like, why does he always pay attention to Jake? Like, I want that kind of attention. That is such a Thanksgiving conversation. <laughs> I never thought about you. That is, that is definitely a Thanksgiving conversation between sisters. Oh, my God. Yes. You, I never thought about that before just a second. You're right, though. You're so right. You're so fucking right. And she said to Gina and Rosa too. Yeah, but the thing I like about that scene is when Amy says, I can act out too, Rosa's response is to just look at her over her class in a smoldering way and say, Prove it. <laughs> Carl said something that I, I wrote in my notes because I loved it, which is Thanksgiving specifically is the episode that if you want to write these ships Jake and Amy and Rosa and Amy, the two scenes you need to pay attention to are Santiago style and prove it. Because that kind of knowing each other while still being kind of mutually mocking with like that great sweetness at the end of Santiago style and her smile is the perfect summation of their relationship done. Like that is what good moments for them are going to look like. Mm-hmm. right they're laughing and smiling at each other and there's like an edge to it mm-hmm. with amy and rosa there's the incredible bubbling i dare you tension mm-hmm. 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 which ends with an entire wall of alcohol being destroyed i'm pretty sure the how many how long is that eight pages uh, uh double uh single space double-sided santiago style that i think that line alone is what launched like the four high school au's that are in this fandom I know for a fact that uh, Rachna Falula Tonks, shout out, she was the one who I saw it first on Twitter. Well, she she was like live tweeting her watching this episode for the first time. And she was like, 
that for her it was this it was the line that launched a thousand high school AU ideas for her. Um, and actually, like I was thinking about writing a high school AU idea, but then I was like, nah, because a bunch of people already did, and I was like, I'm okay. Right before that, we were talking about her acting out, and I have I don't, I laughed so hard when she breaks all the things, and it's like <laughs> not just like the fact that she breaks all the things. I don't even know how she breaks all the things. They just all break. She knocked. She hit a shelf support, which caused a shelf to fall on another shelf. Oh, man. But frankly, that bar seems like a piece of shit. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if Shaw's is that, like, weak, I can't believe they went there. But, like, what really makes that is most of Amaro's face, she's just so freaked out. She's so freaked out. And, like, and like you know that she, the actress knew that was coming. And but it's, it's still super loud. It's so loud, and she's just like, <gasps> and like I've seen that gift so many times, and I just every time I see her expression, I just like literally start like giggling at my desk, and all my coworkers think I'm crazy. Now, no, they already think I'm crazy, but like it makes it worse. <laughs> um, no, I the Thanksgiving is genuinely hysterical, and it's all like tr- it's it's true situational comedy because it's like there is no reason they like rats. and and there's no reason like crash like it's the situation is fucking hilarious since we're talking about amy one of the things that like really surprises me is that amy can't cook you would think that someone who's like so like rules driven would like follow the recipe i have an answer to that yeah which is that amy's super rules driven and she's super process oriented and she always does one thing really wrong which is pretty deadly in cooking it's much better to be mediocre across the board than to badly fuck up one thing. She does what she thinks is totally reasonable, which is to replace salt with baking soda. And that... How is that a good idea? They're both white powder. <laughs> Could have been cocaine. They got off easy. <laughs> it almost would have been better if she'd done sugar instead. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> At least sweet mashed potatoes. It, you I eat. mean, it would have been weird, but it wouldn't have been <laughs> inedible. Yeah, food is supposed to be edible. Yes. God, why? Did I don't know how she made a green bean taste like fish vomit, though. I don't know why Charles isn't like more vocally like unhappy about the food situation. Because it's Thanksgiving, and what matters most to him is being in community with these people. I mean, it it is Charles who saves the day. Yeah, and he wants to fit in with these people who he knows are kind of sick of how predictable he is with Boyle Bingo. That, by the way, that was the, I think that's the only group scene so far that I didn't think was improvised at all. I'm 100% certain that was fully scripted. Well, it had to be, right? Yeah. And also, it wasn't that great. I think, like, it just, I didn't buy it. Like, the, the idea that they're playing bingo and then they give him one of their cards, that just doesn't feel real to me. We get to see Jake's card fully at the end, by the way. If you have can a high definition TV. Yeah, if you have a high def TV, if you pause it, you can. And like you have Hulu with high def streaming like me, you can definitely read it. Yeah, it's it's also like clearly like a PA's handwriting. It's definitely not like not. not it's not Jake's handwriting. It's definitely not what I would think Jake's handwriting looks like, given that we've been. Well, told, we know it's illegible. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's definitely legible. It's definitely a like. It it looks like teacher handwriting. His mom wrote that. I'm sorry. His mom wrote out his foil bingo card, even though he's not Kelly Hope for Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes, he's clearly... That's so sad. He, oh. I wonder if his mom remarried. I... 
Ooh. or something. There's something happening in Thanksgiving that means he never goes back. Even She's now definitely that... still alive because he oh, never yeah. uses the past tense about her. Yeah. What if she is actually British? Like we suspect. Like he says she's British in Christmas. Zero percent chance. <laughs> there's, there's no. It's possible. Negative seven percent chance. <laughs> it's possible. He's so improper. He has the worst British accent in the world. That that he that, had a British the British accent of someone who's never watched British TV. Incidentally, incidentally, Jake has a terrible British accent. Andy Samberg has a good British. Well, accent. yes, he's an actor. No, also he's like impressions were his jam. Yeah, <laughs> like that was one of his, he he uh, he he one of his bits on. He was always Prince Harry on Saturday Night Live <laughs> when they needed somebody to be Prince Harry. That makes sense. Yes. So, anyway. Shout out to the fact that in Christmas they say back in the field. And I know that they're not shouting out to our show. Rather, our show is shouting out to them. But I love that. Like, that's literally the, like, break here. In Christmas, you mean? Yeah, they say Do it we say Christmas? Christmas? Yeah. Or, yeah. So, let's just transition over to Christmas fully. Terry has a lot of feelings. Terry has a ton of feelings. He's hungry. He's hungry. He wants to eat food that is edible, although is he will accept olives and pretzels. And also packing peanuts, which are made of corn. Are they? Most packing peanuts in the U.S. are made of corn now. Huh. That is how much corn we produce we in the U.S. We have so much fucking corn. Somebody stop our corn. Yes. <laughs> Please, yeah. for the good of all mankind. And then Terry pops a pillow. I, I laughed so hard at that. I popped your pillow. <laughs> really, there's an amazing amount of emotional data in christmas for terry mm-hmm. like the therapy scene with a psychologist who is who is not smart enough to become a psychic thank you gina again stealing the scene in one line one of the best lines is amazing it brings back his drawing it brings out back all of the negative emotions he's had about the field and all his anxieties which we've forgotten because it hasn't brought up in a while and what we see is terrifying. <laughs> he can go from kitten to die in like seven steps. Not even. It doesn't even take that long. Although I will say the best part about that is that the whole scene opens with, I think I've been able to really move past all my fears and anxieties. All right, but let's focus on them very like acutely and their repercussions on your family, children, and just everyone around you. <laughs> she mean. She's so mean. I will say this. I think this is the episode where Boyle's fixation on Rosa finally really is uncomfortable because we see her being like, no, never. You need to stop. And this is the first time we see that. It's in Christmas. The montage happens. He's telling Gina, too. Talk about, like, setting up a ship. Yeah. If he'd taken that and actually achieved escape velocity, I would I'd be much happier. Well, fortunately, we only have to suffer through this for... A handful more episodes. And even then, it's not really in the front and center of it. Yep. Anyway, Terry's got a lot of feelings. And they all kind of come spilling out of him to get, uh, all at once. But he manages to pull it together long enough to save Holt's life. And, and, and bring us an ending that's like really emotionally satisfying. Yeah. In fact, both of these episodes end with what can only be described as a crowning moment of heartwarming. Like... Which is, by the way, one of my favorite tropes. But they really do end with heartwarming moments. We see Jake accepting the fact that the precinct is his family. And in, and he decides to make it a real literal metaphor. Although he calls Amy and Rosa his sisters, which given how much... <laughs> no. He doesn't know it yet. No, he doesn't. Gina is his sister. Sorry. Gina is literally his sister. Yeah. Although he just calls her Gina. 
my Gina, like uh, no, he's like and two Latina daughters and Gina. <laughs> yes, well, Amy does call Gina a gremlin, a troll, goblin, goblin. And then the the Christmas episode ends with not only Holt finally like submitting to a pop and lock, which is hilarious in its awkwardness, <laughs> and the rest of the team cheers. But then they all decide to stay. Like Boyle's like, "You guys can leave. It's fine." And Jake's like, "No, you're a friend. It's Christmas. We're staying." That is very sweet. It's probably it's probably a lot better than going on a couple's cruise on Christmas. God. Although if he'd gone, maybe we could have cut out the rest of his terrible arc with Rosa. But that's a conversation for, for another many episode. More days. Yeah. So back to the crowning moment of heartwarming. I do like that both holiday episodes end with like a really good like touchy feely. They're all together. They're bonding over something. Yeah. Exactly. And like. Be it food or Boyle's butt. Yes. I don't think we're going to get a better ending than that. So we're going to call it. My name is Arthi. My name is Carl. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll see you next time. Bye.